The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website at www.upc.org forward slash university. My name is Karen, and I was an intern here uh, this past year, and um, I really enjoyed it. I loved working with you guys as college students, and if you're at all interested in ministry, I would um, advise you guys to check it out. But um, welcome to the second inn of the summer. I love the summer. I love the summer inn, um, but I love the summer because the sun comes out, and it's nice weather, and you know people are happy and stuff, and it happens everywhere in the country except for in Washington, apparently. And I'm really bummed out by that, but I'm hoping it'll come up, but Typically, I love the summer because, you know, it's super nice out and there's like this sense of freedom. There's so much freedom in the summer. I don't know how to explain it. It's probably because school isn't here. You know, we don't have the stresses of our professors and the classes and tests and whatnot, or even living situations, you know, living with a bunch of girls or guys and having to do those kind of obligations or um, your parents talking to you about grades and financial issues. Uh, so I love the summer for that reason, but I also love it because, you know, you just get to be completely free. It's almost like this utter freedom. Um, and I don't, and it's, sometimes it's bad because we're just like, oh, nothing matters. We can do anything we want. Um, but I also like this sense of rhythm and routine. And for me in the summer, I found routine with coming to the summer inn. I would come here and hang out with my Christian friends and my community. And we would talk about God, you know, once a week. And I know that they're offering, um, summer like, uh, small groups. And I would really encourage you guys to do it because it's a great way to not just make God this once a week thing and not just make God like these people here at the inn on this day, but have it be routine and throughout your week and something that is really a part of your life. Um, but so here at the inn, we're doing this series. If you guys were here last week called, um, the biblical doppelgangers. And I don't know if you guys, great. That's good. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys know uh, what a doppelganger is, but you'll see this at least. I did not pick that one by the way. Um, but like if you guys have Facebook, which I know you all do, but There'll be like this time in the year throughout like one week where all of a sudden your friend will have a celebrity as their profile picture and then everyone has celebrities as their profile picture and you're just like, what the heck is going on? Is there celebrity doppelganger? Like the person they look the most like or they're similar to or people tell them they look like or that's what people say, but that's not true. Um, but so this one is like our biblical doppelganger. So the person in the Bible that we are most like. And for me, this is really intimidating to be like, um, who are you most like in the Bible? Because for me, these people are in the Bible, like they're super holy, like they made it, you know, and it's not like Karen said, do this, Karen said, do that, which is really, I feel like it's blasphemy for me to be like, I am so much like Jesus because, you know, which isn't true, but whatever. Um, so that being said, I'm like Mary, yay, which is the mother of God. So um, uh, yeah, I'll get more into that, but let's pray real quick and then I'll explain why. Um, dear God, uh, thank you, Lord, that you are here. And um, that you're with all these people. And, and thank you for the Bible and that your word is true and that it stands true through seasons, seasons in our life and um, just seasons of the year. And, Lord, I pray that tonight you will help us build community with the people around us that last throughout the, um, not just today, but throughout the week. And that we can also spend time with you and recognize you throughout our life. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Um, okay, so like I said, Mary is my doppelganger. And... Um, that's just more true for this section, um, of John 20, which that's where, um, I resemble her the most in this. And that's because, um, she does things that I'm like, I can relate to that. So what ha- is happening in this series, just, or the story to get you caught up is 
Jesus was just crucified, and so they had wrapped him up in this linen, you know, cloth and put him and buried him in a tomb. And later Mary goes to go visit him, to go visit the lost and, you know, her loved one. And so she goes, and then the stone that was covering the tomb is rolled away. So she freaks out. And so she runs down to go get Peter and another disciple, and obviously they just don't believe her that his body is gone. And so um, they run back to the tomb to see, and they see for themselves that, yeah, the stone is rolled away, and his body isn't there, but the um, head covering that he was wearing is still there. Um, and so the, the guys leave, and Mary's just hanging out there still. And so that's where we will pick up. Um, so it says, Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to the Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that they had, um, that he had said these things to her. Um, so first of all, I love... I love Mary in this because right away I get her because she's a feeler because she's sitting there while the guys like they've come and they checked out the tomb and they see that Jesus isn't there. They just like peaced out. I have no idea where they went or what they're doing, but she's sitting there weeping and she's crying. And I'm like, yes, that's me. Like I sit there and I weep and I cry when things happen, or at least I just want to sit in my grumpy state or sit in my sad state or my happy state or whatever. Um, so she's sitting there and she's crying. And I love this because I feel like a lot of times in our society, we're told like crying and being emotional, it just isn't okay. But the first person that comes to her is Jesus. And he says, why are you crying? And it's not like he goes and chases down the disciples to say, hey, where, where, where are you going? What are you up to? You know, but he comes to Mary and asks her why she's crying. Um, so I like that because that gives me a sense of knowing that it's okay. Like this girl who's a feeler um, is allowed to feel. Um, also, then Jesus comes and asks her a question. He asks women, you know, why are you crying? And she fails to even recognize that it's Jesus who's talking to her. And the first thing that she does is quickly accuses him. She accuses him of, of stealing this body. And um, I think it's really funny and kind of outrageous because when I accuse people, it's like totally just not even right and so out of the blue and, and it's just uncalled for, you know. But So she's accusing Jesus of stealing Jesus' body, which like, I mean, kind of makes sense, you know, because he, it's Jesus, so he got up and walked out, whatever, took his body. But, so she's stealing this guy of, um, or accusing this guy of stealing this body. Um, and I do that all the time, and I think I learned that at a really young age, because my sisters growing up, like, something, they'd go to go find something in their room, like, say a shirt, and the shirt isn't there anymore, and all of a sudden you hear from upstairs, she stole my shirt! My shirt is stolen! And we're like, oh my gosh, you know, we come downstairs, and whoever pissed her off the most that day was the person who stole the shirt, you know, or like her, she just think is being mean or, you know, is the first person in her way. We stole the shirt. And so we're like, no, we didn't, no, we didn't, whatever. We go and we go show her, look, your shirt's right there. And she's like, oh, okay. You know, she just didn't see it. And so things in my life, I'm like, that girl stole my food, you know, or whatever, which food is replaceable. But like, I'll do this with text messages. Like I'll get a text and texts are really hard to read, you know, but I'll get something and it'll be like, dot, dot, dot. I'm like, okay, 
whatever. Like, what does that mean? You know, or like, I'll get something and then there's a period. I'm like, okay, she's being quick. Like she's just being a brat right now. Um, and I'm just assuming, like I'm assuming the worst in everything rather than giving someone the benefit of the doubt. And, um, so Mary accuses Jesus, which I'm like, oh, right on, you know, like they do it in the Bible too. Like, that's okay. Um, but the thing is like, I don't just accuse people. I accuse God in my life way too often. Um, and I do that with huge things that happen, like whether it's someone who's sick or someone who dies or just things don't go right. I ask, why, God? Why did you do this? Or where were you? Or why did this happen? And for some reason, I'm thinking God was the one who's behind it. Or say I failed a test or I did really bad in OCHEM or like this girl just being a brat and my life isn't going how it's supposed to and my plan's not going how I wanted it. You know, I'm accusing God and asking him why rather than seeing what I, I could do differently or anything like that. So I'm quick to accuse, and um, Mary was quick to accuse in this situation. But I think the last thing that she did, which I really resonate with, is Mary came, or Jesus came and talked to Mary, you know, and asked her, and she accused him. And then finally she was like, like she didn't even recognize it because she was so caught up in her emotions and so caught up in knowing, like, who took his body that then he had to call her name. And he had to say, yeah, get her attention say, Mary. And then she was like, whoa. And she's like, Jesus, you know, Rabboni, like ran to him, super excited. And um, so often in my life, I get caught up in what I'm doing and caught up in my dreams and my plans that I don't hear Jesus's voice or I don't recognize him in my life at all. And I don't even think it's there. And something has to happen to me. Like something has to happen for me to say, oh, it's you, God. It's you who's there. Um, and this is a small example, but it's something that happened really recently uh, this weekend was Kevin's birthday, and um, Kevin's my fiance, and I wanted to do something for him that I'm like, okay, he enjoys bowling, so we'll go bowling, and we went the you know night before his birthday, and I got our couple friends, and we went with them, and I learned some really interesting things in the ride over there, that um, we were in the car, and I'll call his friend Jim, so we're with Jim, and, and he's talking about, like, shoot, like, I didn't bring my bowling shoes, and I was like, whoa, what's like you have bowling shoes and then he's like yeah I didn't bring my bowling ball and I'm like okay where are we going with this and then then his girlfriend was saying how she's like yeah I'm gonna be really rusty because I just haven't played in a while or like bowled in a while or whatever and I was like oh god so I took a moment and I'm like in my head who are these people like one why do they own bowling shoes and why do they own a bowling ball and what makes you rusty playing bowling like or playing bowling see I don't even play or bowl I don't even know what to say but I'm like, well, how do you bowl that often? You know, like I can count the number of times on my hands that I have actually bowled in my life. And to own a ball, it makes no sense to me because I'm like, that's just a big heavy weight you throw on some wood that hits some pins at the end, you know, but most of it is just to hang out with your friends. And so I'm like saying in my head, I'm like, gosh, there's no like skill or technique that goes with this. And we get there and I'm bowling and like, oh my gosh, I learned that there's some skill and technique that goes with bowling. Um, and I'm just like pissed and granted, like from the time I was in the car till the time I got into the lane or bowling alley, whatever you call it. So I got in there. It was like, I, my attitude had shifted because I heard that they were so good. And I was like, Oh, this isn't gonna be fun. This was just supposed to be laid back and low key. And like, I hate sucking and losing or whatever. So I'm bowling and like, it is bad. And I've bowled before and it has never been this bad. And then it gets to the point where I'm just like throwing it. And like, you can see how I bowl. It's pretty bad. You know, you're not supposed to do that. And I'm just hitting gutter balls and stuff. And then I start, like, kicking the ground. I'm like, fuck, like, I hate this. Like, I don't want to play anymore. And I'm just, like, yelling and whatever. And 
the whole time, everyone's being like, yeah, good job, Karen, good job. I'm like, oh, please, like, don't even pity me, you know? And, um, and so Kevin's trying to help me out and be all nice and be like, look, you should probably try this and you can do this. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then do this. I'm like, okay, you know, I get it, like, whatever. And then it gets to the end. I'm just like the biggest brat in the world. And I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, I did this for Kevin's birthday. And now it's all about me because I'm being a brat and no one's having fun. So what am I even doing here? And, and I uh, go again, and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to change my attitude. And I bowl, and it sucks again. I kick the ground again. I'm like, ah! You know, and I'm like, I just don't want to do this. And then Kevin says, he's like, look, I'm trying to help you, but you just won't listen to me. And it made me really sad because I was like, okay, one, this person that I love thinks I don't even care. Like, I'm not, I'm just blowing him off and not even listening. And two, I was like, you're wrong because I'm listening. I just don't care, you know? So it's like <laughs> even worse, you know? Like, I do hear it. I just don't want to do it. And so... The thing is, I'm like, this isn't me. Like, I like to have fun. I like to do things my entire life. Like, I've played sports and everything. And my coaches have always said, I'm extremely coachable. Like, they'll tell me something, and then I'll just change, and I can do it. Um, and so I'm like, I'm not being coachable. So I was like, okay, we're starting this new game, fresh start. I'm going to do everything that I knew he was telling me to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it. So it's my turn. I'm like, oh, crap. And I get up there, and I bowl, and I get a strike. And I'm like, yes. And I'm also like, shoot, because that means he was right, you know? And I was like... <laughs> I should have listened to him the entire time. And, and what was most annoying about it is, like, he was just like, I'm going to help you, I'm going to help you. Kind of like, I'm doing this because it's like, you know, that scene from Aladdin where um, Aladdin is, like, up on the balcony talking to Jasmine, trying to be a prince and all that. And and the genie's up there, like, buzzing around his ear trying to help him and, and tell him all these things to do. And he's there to help. And he's just like, buzz off, like, get away. You know, I don't hear anything about it. And um, that's exactly what I was doing with Kevin. I'm like, just, oh, my gosh, you're so annoying. Get away, you know? And then, like, the genie was right, and Kevin was right. And if I had just done that at the beginning, things would have changed. And so we keep playing and or bowling. I don't even know what you call it, but I'm bowling, and the next one is, like, a spare, and it's really good. And then the next one is a strike. I'm like, jeez, you know, like, why didn't I do this? But thing is, once I listened and I, like, took the help that was being offered to me, my bowling game went from here to here. And it's not like I was amazing the entire time, but at least, like, the rhythm of my game was up here, you know? And um, I kind of feel like Mary did this with Jesus. Like, she just wasn't listening to him, you know? And and she was so caught up in her emotion and her feelings and just annoyed that someone had taken this body that she didn't even realize that the person that was right in front of her was actually Jesus. And so she's sitting, like, here like this, like, oh, you know, pissed. And she's, like, asking, why did you do this and everything and doesn't realize it. And then he has to do something to get her attention. And he calls her by name, a name that he's, you know, always called her. And she recognizes it. And he calls her Mary. And then she's like, kind of opens up and is like, oh, like, it's you. And then comes running towards him. And um, and I think we get so caught up in what we're doing. Like I said, whether it's our dreams, our plans, our jobs, our relationships, or just things that are going on in our life that we can't even recognize where God is or what God is calling us to. And um I do this with huge things, whether that's just bowling and me being stubborn and not wanting to listen to the help that's right there, but like big things in my life, but also small things. So, you know, I'm planning this wedding and it gets kind of intense because everyone wants it their way. And I'm like, it's not your wedding. Like it's my wedding, like back off, you know? But, um, so I get in these tiffs with my sisters, which are so stupid because they just love to get in tiffs, but they're not actually mad. But then I actually get mad because I'm like, I don't get in tiffs with people, you know? So I'm in this tiff with my sister and, um, and I, you kind of get, I, or I get this like pull or this tug in my heart to be like, you know, have a conversation with her, talk to her, like, um, see how she's doing, just, just start a conversation or 
you know, take the blame, whatever. And it's kind of like that little B, you know, and I'm like, ah, oh, no, buzz off. You know, like, I don't want to hear about it. And it's this voice that's just trying to help me in my life because right now I'm living it right here. And this is the rhythm of my life. And then finally I'm like, okay, I'll do this because it's just so annoying. I don't know what else to do. And so then I talked to her and have this conversation and it's way up here again. And you know, when you come off a conversation, you're just like energized. Like that was so great. You know, like everything is so much better. And I just get so annoyed with myself again. Cause I'm like, why do I do that? Why do I have this pattern of not ever listening to the help or recognizing what God is trying to tell me or help me out in my life with? Um, and so I think that's one thing that I really learned from Mary in this is that she's just not recognizing Jesus there. She's just so caught up in what she's doing. And I get so caught up in my emotions and my stubbornness and um, my desire to do what I want to do that I don't recognize what God is doing or where he is in my life. And I know it's hard to be like, what is God calling you to? How do you hear his voice? You know, like, it's like, I, I don't even know. But sometimes you can tell when help is being offered to you. And and for me, when I feel that pull of someone saying, you know, help, go talk to this person, whatever, often I feel that pull is calling me to just spend more time with God. Um and I don't ever want to do it. It's like that buzzing bee thing. It's like, no, no, I want to do anything else. And it's summertime, and I don't want to take time out to do this, you know. Um, but when I step in to spend time with God, or when you spend time in a relationship with anyone, you're able to to know them and know their patterns and, and know who they are. And so tonight I really want to encourage you guys to be able to recognize where God is in your life or where he's he's trying to help you out or talk to you or um, you know, call you so it doesn't have to get to the, you don't have to get to the bottom or, um, you don't have to screw up in bowling like I did, or you don't have to wait till Jesus has to say, Hey, Mary, you know? Um, and I think that one of the biggest ways to do this is just spend time because, and when we spend time more with God, we're going to be less accusing. We're not going to be quick to judge and quick to accuse him or other people of things that go wrong. Um, and we're going to be able to see where he is active in our life. Um, so I want to encourage you to do that. And I don't know what that looks like for you, whether it's like, you praying or reading or journaling or maybe working out and praying while you do that or like, you know, walking to the grocery store and back or um, just having conversations with people. Um, whatever that is, I encourage you to do it so it's not just your time on Tuesday nights. And I know in the summer we're like, we don't want to just take time and have this routine because there's so much freedom. We want freedom in everything we do. But for me, the good news is that Jesus offers us the fullest life in, um, in him, and that's pure freedom with him. Um, and so tonight we're going to do something a little different because it's a summer in. So once I'm done up here, I'm going to pray. But I want to get you guys together in just like groups of three or four or whatever and answer these two questions or just talk about them in these groups. The first question is, one, how did God um, first get your attention? You can answer it or you don't have to answer it. And then two, um, how, do you, how can you be spending more time with God uh, this summer? And, um, and you guys can brainstorm what that looks like. What do you do in your life or what's something you could do together or just in general? Um, cause I think definitely once we hear his voice and we spend more time, we're going to be able to recognize it and then turn and, and go with it. So, um, groups of three or four, and then the worship band is going to come up after like five minutes or so. And then you guys can, you know, start singing with them, whatever. But will you guys please pray with me? Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this time. Um, thank you for these people here. And Lord, thank you that you just want to be with us in, in this summer and in our, in this freedom and offer us the most freedom we can have. Um, Lord, I pray that you would, um, help us to recognize you in all situations and be open to see what you are doing in our lives and where we can step into what you would have us do. I pray these things in your name. Amen.